you could safely delete a lot of the things that we think we need to do and not worry about it at all. And I also drew inspiration from Peter Drucker, who focuses on doing the right things instead of doing things right. So that helped. You know, having a newborn, it's just taught me, uh, it's bench tested my model. Like I'm still, I'm still having six figure profit months, even with a little baby and just cherry picking the activities that I do. And I've built a machine around me, kind of like Tony Stark and Mm -hmm. Iron Man. Oh yeah, and, baby. <laughs> you know, my my team and the systems I have in place, they're like that robo suit. Wow. And they make me so much better. Hey fellow brain pickers, do you have an upcoming book launch and want to sell thousands of copies in your first week? Getting booked as a guest on podcasts is the number one way to become a best-selling author and getting your message to the masses. My company, Geffen Media Group, gets inspiring authors booked on top-rated, targeted podcasts, and we do all the work, so all you have to do is show up and rock the mic. Head over to geffenmediagroup.com to get massive exposure. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 154 of Can I Pick Your Brain? This has to be one of my favorite episodes for one very simple reason. It was highly, highly practical. I don't think there was one ounce of fluff in the whole hour of content. James Schramko has made over $10 million online with a team of just six people. The best part? He spends most of his time surfing and hanging out with his wife and five children. How? By outsourcing, automating, and optimizing everything. In this fun yet value-dripping conversation, James shares how to scale a highly profitable business without using traditional methods, how to work less and earn more, how to communicate effectively with a virtual team, how to keep your best workers by giving them unlimited freedom, how to get more done by switching off from social, why you should never have meetings on Monday mornings, why sales funnels don't work, the T formula for creating content, the IUWE method for training staff, and a bucket load more valuable bombs. Oh, and there's a little surprise in the middle for you that involves James and I rapping and beatboxing like Eminem, drowning, after falling off a cliff and rolling most of the way down. Enjoy the show, and don't forget to smash that subscribe button. James, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is lovely. Yeah, I'm in Israel. You're in Australia. We're like opposite ends of the world. Um... I don't even know. How, I don't even know how, what is the time difference. What, what time? It's four o'clock p.m. my time. What time is it yours? Uh, this is a very unusual time for me. This is actually eleven o'clock p.m. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you're still awake. I hope you don't fall asleep during the interview. <laughs> I probably won't. Um, like I've, I've never work at this time. However, in full disclosure, mm-hmm. I have been asleep. So I woke up for the podcast. Oh wow! And at the moment. With a newborn baby, it's really no sweat because I'm, you know, waking up and falling asleep on a sort of polyphasic basis at the moment. Wow! Well, congratulations on the new on the new baby. When was it born? 
Um, just six weeks ago, so we're still in that uh, no sleep phase. Fresh. All right, sweet. So, so your whole, uh, you know, your, you you wrote a book called Work Less, Make More, right? So this is this is a great time to work less, right? You got the newborn baby, so perfect. You can actually uh, take advantage of of working less. Um, I want to dive into that whole concept because you know. I'm sure you're familiar with Tim Ferriss's classic book, you know, Four Hour Work Week, um, right, James? You've read that book? Absolutely, I, I, I yeah. read that book when I had a job, and uh -huh. uh, I already had four kids, and it's a really good point because at that time I was inspired by the book. There were some great points, and I learned a lot of new tips and ideas. Especially, uh, it sort of led me down the path to getting my first virtual assistant that book was pivotal for that mm -hmm. uh, and it reminded me of things I already knew such as the 80-20 principle the problem I had with the book was yep. that it was written by a young single guy <laughs> and <laughs> as a family yeah. you know with a family of uh, six yeah. and having a job I'm thinking okay nice book great yeah. but go and have some kids and <laughs> then write your book and tell me how it works yeah. and I feel uh, to a large extent, that's the gap that I was filling with my book. My book was written from the perspective of someone, you know, who's got a family and had a job and had to migrate across from a job to having his own business. Mm -hmm. And you're so spot on. Like this time around with a kid, this is where I've been here every single day for my daughter's life. Amazing. From in the womb through to today. She had a daddy-daughter day. Wow. With me, we we recorded two podcasts. We went for a walk and checked the surf. Oh, we so sat cute. in on a uh, team meeting with my team. Oh, Last wow. week, she visited the city with me and Mama, and we went to um, a live event, and she came and attended that as well. So wow. it's such a different experience having a baby and being at home or having a more flexible lifestyle mm -hmm. and being really able to customize your schedule, which is yep. like such a big change from working in, a, in an office. When I had my first baby, yeah, I was working practically seven days a week and it was very, very hard because I'd come home and uh, eat dinner and, and maybe see him a little bit and then I'd be off to work the next day because I just had to earn the money because I was in mm. a pretty unleveraged situation. I was actually in total shock and panic because uh, I was young and I had to, <laughs> I had to make the money. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of um and I, and it, and it hurts me to say this but um they you know your kids are your I feel like the kid your kids are like your mirror, right? They, but they but they're like the raw naked mirror. So if you ever want to know like you know how you're doing, you know, don't ask your friends, don't ask, you know, ask you, you know, your kids will tell you, right? And your wife, right? Or your spouse. Um and I was I remember one day I was sitting there by my laptop, you know, hacking away at my laptop. And my son wanted to go to the forest. He wanted to go out. Um, came back from school, wanted to go out with daddy. But daddy was like super busy. So I'm like, my head is literally in the screen. My earphones are on, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here, okay? I'm not here, right? And I can hear him in the background, like telling my, my wife, like, why is daddy always so busy? Why he doesn't care? Like, why doesn't he want to take me out? And... Like I lowered the music because I wanted to hear what he was saying. And then he says, daddy would prefer me to die before his computer died. 
and that's when I shut the screen and I'm like, hell no, I'm not, that's not, like, that's not the memory I want my kids to have. And I'm like, let's go, we're going to the forest, you know? And we went and it was amazing. Um, but you know what, James, and this is so important, this conversation we're having, I don't feel like, you know, not everybody's privileged to be able to do that. Like, how do you, how do you set that up? Because I'll, I'll, when I first read the four hour work week, you know, I was very skeptical. I'm like, oh, come on, really? You know, just hire a bunch of VAs and everything just works clockwork and it's perfect and you can work, you know, four hours a week. Really, does that really exist? As You know, that, that there's real business. Like, you've you got to build a real business. How can you just, do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. I think that is a huge part of the key. And some things make it easier and some things make it harder than it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um but I think one thing that makes it a bit easier is there is an abundance of time available to most people who would be tempted to whinge about it not being a possibility. I think to understand that you are responsible for your future self is mm-hmm. important. What you do now, so no matter where you're at, it doesn't matter if you're washing dishes in your third job. Like back then when I had my first kid, I had to get out there, I had to get a sales job. So. My salary was paying me $35,000 a year. Mm-hmm. My wife was earning 35000 a year. And then she quit work. And I had to now at least double my income. So I pursued a sales job. So I took the responsibility to increase my income. And I just kept running with that all the way through my career, through to management, through to quitting and having my own business. So we're ultimately, we have an enormous amount of control over our life. And what people do these days is they spend around four hours a day on their phone, on social media, yeah. watching videos or Netflix or Facebook. If mm-hmm. you just stop doing that one activity and redirect that time into building your business or pursuing a better future for yourself, that will be enough. And that's what I did for the first two and a half years when I went online. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, dragging out a long cable, plugging it into the wall, <laughs> dialing up <laughs> with the Gosh. slow connection and teaching myself how to build a website. And I was listening to some of the very same guests who you've had on your show. I was listening to Yannick Silva. I was listening yeah. to Jay Abraham materials and they were teaching me over leveraged mediums like audio recordings uh, about business. And I was reading their books and mm. I later actually went on to, uh, this is this is a really interesting connection with Yannick, I went to my first big conference in America. Even though I didn't have annual leave, I had hardly any annual leave, I had no surplus savings, I just stretched myself to buy a ticket. I got on a plane, I went to America, I went to Yannick Silver's Underground 4 event in Los Angeles. This would have been in 2008, right? Oh, wow. So this is okay. over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't know a single person. I couldn't find any food or drink because they didn't really cater for it. I was starving. I was exhausted. And I soaked up every scrap of presentation there was. I entered a contest. I won it. I got awarded a prize. And my prize was to be in Maverick, which was his Mm -hmm. high-level group for millionaires. And I met a whole bunch of really smart people who were kings in the industry. Some of them are still there. Some of them have faded away. Mm -hmm. And it changed the trajectory of my life. A a few months later, I went back to Las Vegas for 
a high-level mastermind. And we're there with Peter Diamantes and mm. Tony Hawk, the, the skater, yeah. and uh, a bunch of others, Eben Pagan, who was pretty big back then yep. in the online scene. And uh, and then six weeks after that, I quit my job. So that was that was just the, the nudge I needed. But mm-hmm. I got in the driver's seat. I took control, and I was responsible for my future. As I am now, the things that I do now – are setting the future version of myself up for a better life. Mm-hmm. And you, you went on to make tens of millions of dollars online, right? So I have. I've literally, I, I've literally made tens of millions of dollars of my own sales and products and services. Mm-hmm. I've built and sold several online companies. And I've also helped lots of other people generate tens of millions. In fact, some of my students, there's a couple of them, like Ezra Firestone, uh, Ryan Levesque. I've I've seen them go from hundreds of thousands uh, to over $10 million. So Ezra is probably the most extreme, Mm -hmm. a few hundred thousand through to, uh, I'm not sure what his number is these days. It's uh, 30 or $40 million a year. Ryan Levesque, I saw him go from a million dollars a year to $10 million a year. So if you were to add up my, my students, even my current roster of students, and there's Mm -hmm. around 500, what they're selling online. Yes. We're talking, uh, a lot. I haven't actually sat down and added to it up but it is possible and so there's one big clue if we switch off the social media time and redirect that to ourselves that's a big win the other thing and and really it was even in tim ferris's book is that only a few activities actually matter so you could safely delete a lot of the things that we think we need to do and not worry about it at all and i also drew inspiration from peter drucker who focuses on doing the right things instead of doing things right. So that helps if you're not a perfectionist and if you just focus on the right things. So so, having a newborn, it's just taught me, uh, it's bench tested my model. Like I'm still, I'm still having six figure profit months, even with a little baby and just cherry picking the activities that I do. And I've built a machine around me, kind of like Tony Stark and Uh Iron Man. Oh yeah, and, baby. <laughs> you know, my my team and the systems I have in place, they're like that robo suit. Wow. And they make me so much better. I mean, we seamlessly ran our event. My team have put all the recordings up, they've sent out emails, they do all these things in the the background that make my life joyful. And so that's so easy to sy- run. I want to talk about that for a second. So the systems and the staff because that's really crucial here. Um and then I also want to definitely want to touch upon you know switching off from social um the teams uh do you outsource do you use virtual assistants or do you build, bring people in-house you know it's it's weird the way you ask that question because in my mind uh technically it, <laughs> it those two aren't mutually exclusive uh-huh. uh, so there's a lot of stuff i don't do Okay. So my team does it. But if you were to ask me the definition of my team, I'd be saying, well, who's asking the question? Is it, is it a tax man? Is it the export <laughs> grant person? Is it, uh, um, you know, is it just you? Because I'm not a tax man. My, Don't worry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> technically speaking, I guess I'm outsourcing, but okay. they're my team. They're, they're in-house team, but they're not living in my house. They're living in another country, and they're in their own house. Do they just solely work there. for you? Are They, they working? only work for me. Okay, okay, and fine. 
So, and just to give a timeline on this, we just hired someone recently, a new person to our team, and she became the newest team member. And the newest team member prior to her started with me over five years ago, and the longest serving team members up to almost 10 years. So, wow. When I, like, we're talking team, like we're a full on proper values based cultures team. We, we, we know each other. They've, They've been to my house. I cook meals for them. We wow. go to movies. We we uh, I visit them several times a year over the last ten years, uh, and so yeah, they're they're team, but they're not in the same country. So you might call them outsourcing. You might call them uh, um, a VA. Mm-hmm. I I just call them team because I can tell you they have a higher performance than what you're likely to find in your average Western business of any kind. And mm-hmm. I've run both. I mean, I used to run a business with 70 something people, 71, mm-hmm. 72, 73 people in a physical business, like over three locations in Sydney here. Yep. And I can tell you the performance of my virtual team or my distributed team or my, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them yeah. is superior. Why is that? Because I've got all the fundamentals in place that most businesses miss, which is a great selection process, fantastic onboarding and training, and a really strong leadership style that I've built over decades where I make people feel like they belong. I help them, encourage them to uh, develop and learn and enhance their abilities. I focus them on finding projects within our business they love and are passionate about and well-suited to. I have extremely low bureaucracy levels, like like we're almost Ricardo Semler levels. They're very self-organized. For example, we don't have any time tracking tools. We don't have any crazy tricky uh, performance bonus in you know incentive mm-hmm. type schemes except for a very simple one mm-hmm. uh, we don't have work hours we don't have a work place uh, we don't have uh, sick leave or days off they can take whatever time off they want in well, fact hold one on. of them so just that's crazy so how do you first of all what if you need them and they just suddenly say hey you know what i'm actually going to vegas for two weeks like hello i need you (laughs) what do you mean you know (laughs) it just never happened so one of them actually just went to to where you live um for a couple of weeks i think it was two or three weeks and i was fine with that i i always run a little surplus i have a a, at least an extra person than what we need in our team Mm -hmm. so that they can always have time off and never feel guilty about it or that they're leaving the others in in the lurch or letting them down so that works well how many Um, people are working for you right now so we have six wow and you're doing if so between you and six people what, you're generating millions of dollars a year with just a team of six people? Correct. So it's, it's just um, my wow. wife and I in Australia here, yeah. uh, and we have six people in the Philippines. And okay, a couple of Western, Yeah, a couple of subcontractors who do project work for me from time to time. Now, that's what I would call outsourcing in a more traditional sense. However... I still have the same habits. I have really long-term supply. I've got like super high-end quality designer who does stuff like a logo or really high-quality work that needs to be done by someone with 
amazing innate abilities that you don't mm-hmm. need all the time, but okay. I'll bring them in for that. Or a guy who's a genius at connecting APIs and making things talk to each other whenever I change a platform occasionally, he'll mm-hmm. just do it. I've got a okay. guy who runs my Facebook ads, which we do very sparingly. Okay. Uh, and most of these people I've been working with for a long, long time. Uh, oh my God, I've got so team. many questions. This is the absolute number one topic that, that people ask me that I help people yeah. with. Uh, I have presented a presentation about team to people, everyone from Citrix uh, who run GoToWebinar through to... Um, uh, entrepreneurs like Ezra Firestone and Brian mm-hmm. Levesque and stuff. So, it's a big topic. So what do you typically pay your staff in the Philippines? Well, I think as a benchmark, I'm going to say that um, for full-timers, you're going to be looking at a, a rate of between um, – see, we pay in pesos. That's another thing. I don't turn them into currency oh, traders. Really? So interesting. It, it might be might be easy for me to talk in pesos and you can look it up in your local currency of choice. Well, give me dollars because um, most people listening to this I'll are going to be thinking dollars. Roughly $500 US to $1,000 US is about the spectrum of your of your VA type person who could do all sorts of things. And there are a few caveats. Uh, it's going to depend on That's per month. if they're a junior or... Yep, per month, full time. That's if they're a junior or a senior, and that is, uh, there are exceptions where if someone's got a high level of managerial responsibility, or they're very, very good at Facebook ads, or they're mm-hmm. you know spectacular developer, or uh, they're a copywriter. So those sort of more Western level roles, they might be able to get more than that, and certainly there's people out there who suggest you pay less than that. But I'm going to say having. I, I also live in the Philippines from time to time. Um, really? You know, there, there, it's you can't. You're not doing so well if you're only making uh, twenty six thousand pesos a month. That's about mm-hmm. double the average wage there. It's a little wow. over double. However, it's you know there's still expenses like like everyone. That's that's the yeah. equivalent in a Western society of earning. You're probably paying a team like eighty five grand a year when the average wage is forty five thousand a year. Mm. And some of them are earning 150. That's the sort of extrapolated version. And you just keep in mind that things like internet connections and equipment, especially hardware, laptops and so forth, phones, mm-hmm. they cost about the same as they do for Westerners. So they're ultra expensive compared yep. to you know, other things like food. Do you use a service like VA Staffer or like uh, FreeUp? Um, you've got all these different, you know, ODE- I mean, what? There, there's platforms where you can, that they, they basically give you and vet for you um, VAs in the Philippines, and then you basically pay the company and the company pays the workers, or do you, it sounds like you actually go out and source them yourself and bring them in, like, to work for you. I've never used uh, Upwork or FreeUp or any so of those. So how do you find them? How do you services? find these VAs? I found one. Uh, oh. So after I read the four-hour work week, I was yep. talking to a friend of mine. I said, hey, I, I put an application in uh, for your man in India, which I think was the resource Tim mentioned. Yes, and it had I remember the, that. You know, it got melted down, of course, because of yes. the book. <laughs> and I was on this huge wait list. And I mentioned that to my friend. He said, well, you know what? We have a little team in the Philippines. You might want to try there. Uh, if you tell us who you're looking for, we could help you find one. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, but I don't even know who I'm looking for. In fact, I don't even know if I could keep one person busy enough. I'm not even sure what I'd have them do. And I said, so just find me someone who, you know, who's sensible with a good attitude. They, they found me two people. I interviewed them on Skype on the way to the airport. I picked one and hired her. And then I said, hi, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to get you to do, but we'll figure it out as we go. Um, I sent her over sent her over some how-to dummies books for um, some niche websites. Like I think it was how-to sewing and how-to something else. So I said, just read, read these that. and I want you to learn about uh, writing articles. And I showed her examples of what an article is and how they work. And then I wow. said, now we're going to. I'm going to show you how to build a WordPress website. <laughs> and, you know, we went from the beginning, like pointing a domain to building the website. And from there, uh, we started building out websites. And this sort of tied in with what I was doing with SEO. And I had a lot of surplus this year. So I, I purchased a bunch of domains. I think I that year I purchased about $850,000 worth of domains. What? Are you options. joking? Uh, no, I'm not kidding because, I mean, use it or lose it, right? So oh I've I reinvested back in the business a bit. And at one stage, I had 2,000 domain names. Jeez, and when was it? How long ago are we so, talking? Uh, we're talking about 10 years ago. And Oh, you were smart. Wow. <laughs> so I, I had a lot of great one-word and two-word brandable type domains. Wow. And gosh. So then I said, look, do you, do you know anyone else who'd like to work for us? And she said, yes, that's, actually I do. I used to work in a call center. I could ask a few of them. Hmm. So we got a couple more, and then we sort of built up to about six. And they were just building out my blog network. Mm-hmm. And I had an SEO business, and these blog networks were allowing us to be able to link to anything and rank it instantly because <laughs> we owned the sites. Oh, and then from that's there – uh, I'd I'd been getting some SEO supply from an Indian contracting company, and they were okay when we started, but they they started sliding. Yep, I and remember that. I asked, I got them, got my team to take over, and they just they blew it off the rails. I mean, wow. The first first month was just one girl and an assistant, and they took over, and we went from zero to like twenty grand worth of fulfillment in the first month within wow. six months she built out a team of 38 what? and we we're doing over a hundred thousand dollars a month in seo sales oh my gosh i kept That's that crazy. business for seven years and Jeez. ended up selling it to my number one biggest customer who was buying most of the supply who still runs that business in fact doubled it again wow. uh, since he purchased it from me and with that uh 38 team members went across to that business and i also built up and sold my website development business, which had 10 developers. So at our peak, we had 65 people in my business. This is a business where I didn't even know if I could keep one busy. And here's the (laughs) point to answer your question. I've never once used an agency or an advertising board. Every single one of them was a word of mouth referral from someone who already worked with us, who absolutely loved the job. But do you think you got lucky? Let me ask you that. Because the first person... No. Not at all, because um, I, I know so much about this topic because I used to be a general manager and I ran dealerships. I ran Mercedes-Benz dealerships, mm-hmm. and I hired and trained and recruited and managed for for decades. My system for hiring and training and producing winning salespeople was so good, Mercedes-Benz asked me to 
present the system to their other sales managers. So it's definitely not luck. This is reading every book I could on management, applying the stuff in the trenches and being a high performer. So I just apply the same principles in my team. Even now when I'm coaching a high level person and they bring their team member to our call, which I sometimes <laughs> ask them to do or they ask me to do, I can talk to their team like Dr. Doolittle. I can unravel <laughs> all the I can find out exactly what's going on. We get to the bottom line and I give my, my student, you know, the tools they need to be a much better leader. In fact, even today on a call, this guy was saying, you know, how do I, how do I get a team culture and how do I get people doing, you know, what I want them to do and how do I get them feeling good in the office? And I'm like, like <laughs> I'm having this conversation on a regular basis and I can tell you the answer is not by a football table because that's the usual thing that, that American organizations, they, they get a football table and that's going to have team culture. Or free massages uh, or whatever, yeah. A lot of it starts with just not being a dick. <laughs> like being a, being a good leader, like someone you'd actually want to be hanging around and doing work for, right. and thinking of you know, getting in their shoes. I have a high level of empathy because I came from a sales background, and I relate and understand, um, you know, what it's like to be working in our business. And mm. I care about my team members, and I want them to have a good life. I mean, look, can you imagine they work in my business, and they see me talking about working less and making more? Yeah. And God, yeah, that's a great question, actually. But, and I say yeah. to them, um, I want you to have a good life. I, I don't want you to feel like you're clocking on at nine and leaving it at five. If you want to take your husband to the shops and buy a meal for the kids after school or whatever, do that. And then do a little bit mm -hmm. of stuff later if you want. Or just have the rest of the day off if you're not feeling into it. And they don't take advantage of that in a negative way. It just means I don't think they could work for anyone else. I mean, why mm, would they? This so is a brilliant. great place to be. That's and how you keep them. Mm -hmm. I, I love my team members. They just they support me and they're just amazing and they're so talented. And here's what happens when you take the restrictors off and you don't try and um, manipulate and force them and track them and make them feel like crap. They actually <laughs> unleash, I mean, the power in these people. And they're doing things that I couldn't even dream to ask them to do because I say to them stuff like, if there's anything you want to do within our business, if there's any tool you want, if there's a resource you need for training or you want to try something new, give it a shot. Have a go. Like, see if you like it. So we have people editing videos. We have people um, doing illustrations. We have um, people doing support. Like, I don't mind what they do. In fact, most of the time, I'm not even sure uh, where our – SOP is for that stuff or who's, who's managing doing who's managing these people they manage themselves there's there's only nah come on I mean there's, there's only six of them <laughs> so it's not that hard it's like they they all move to their little corner of the the business where they like and they seem to have their strengths there and I now know um, who I direct things to, but I've split up our business uh, into an online office space using Slack, and I mm. use channels by topic. So I can put a I can put a um, a mission there by uh, site change. You know, if it's anything relating to changing the site, I just drop it in the channel, and then whoever's going to work on it picks it up and completes it, and then acknowledges it. I've got a channel for content because we do a lot of content marketing in our business, mm -hmm. and I've got a channel for reporting, and I've got a channel for um, you know high-level stuff like um, invoicing and 
and uh, bookkeeping, that sort of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can have just the right people in the channels. Okay, so Slack is what you... Oh, because that was the next question I was going to ask you, is how do you communicate with everyone? So Slack is your your preferred choice for communicating with the virtual team. Um, Slack, is, Slack is pretty much our office, and right. um, we meet once a week on GoToMeeting for about 15 minutes for our weekly catch-up, which okay. we do on a Thursday. And okay. even everything's strategic there. It's not on a Why Monday Thursday? and it's not on a Friday. Yeah, I was going to think Monday morning's the best time now. Worst time. Who, who wants to come to work and grind out a meeting first thing? Give me a break. <laughs> like, let them ease into the week. Like by Thursday, <laughs> we know what's going on. Like we've got a routine. We've we've caught up on stuff. We know where we're at. We've still Smart. got another day up our sleeve if something needs to happen. But we definitely don't want our meeting on Friday because you know we're ready. We're we're put in a bit of effort for the week and we're ready for a relax and. It could be Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. I would suggest as a good day to do meetings. It just happens to be Thursday for me because that's the end of my work sprint for the week. Because I only work mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays um, when it comes to out external activities, so outside activities. So this discussion with you mm-hmm. is absolutely the last thing I'm going to be doing till Tuesday morning, right? So I have four days off every week from external what? activities. What do and you I mean? Have, uh, so from three now, three days on. Thursday. Wait, tomorrow's Friday. Okay, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. My, oh, so you're taking Monday. off from now till Monday. No, I'm taking off from now till Tuesday from oh, any Tuesday. scheduled calls. There's no appointments on Fridays or Mondays or Saturdays or Sundays, of course. And it's downtime. It's reset. It's refresh. It's family time. It's surf time. It's whatever I want to really? do. If I want to potter around in my forum and answer questions, uh, which I tend to do every day, I'll do it on my own clock. But I'm not going to be doing podcasts. I'm not going to be um, doing brain dredging, uh, high level work with a one to one client. That will be scheduled for Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. And when do you have sales calls? Like, do you do your own sales calls or do you have your team do sales calls for you? My team don't do it. However, the number one conversion event in our business is our help desk, which my team run. So they are amazing salespeople, but their definition of selling, if you ask them, would be just helping a customer find the right product. So they're very good at that. They help so retain let's talk customers. Through your sales. Let's, let's talk through your sales funnel for a second. Um, so someone... <laughs> Because because it's so fast, this is amazing. I mean, this is gold. Someone goes, someone hears you on the on the on this podcast. Let's take that as an example. Okay, they've they've yeah. never heard of you before. This is the first time. They're totally fascinated. They got to learn more about this. They where do they go? They go to your your website, right? I'm well, assuming. maybe, but you've already okay. mentioned my book. They've they've probably already gone to Amazon or Audible and okay. purchased it for just Correct. a few dollars. So that that could be a great entry point. Okay. And, and then, and that's a very common one because it, you know both of those sources, especially Audible for me, because I have quite a podcast audience, yes, as a strong platform. So that book is going to do a lot of heavy pre-marketing, persuasion. Mm. You know that if you like that book, which everyone does, because it's got a lot of five-star reviews. Persuasion, you're going to be persuasion. You've heard of Cialdini, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it's a you know it's a the stronger your marketing is, the less your selling has to be. And it's it's super ironic. I mean, my whole career focused around selling, and we don't have any hard sell at all. I mean, I, I could sell 
as well as anyone. Mm -hmm. And I don't put a focus around that. I just make sure the system works. So the book is a sales tool. It's a conversion device. Uh, Another thing they might do is listen to my podcast and they might listen for a lot, a long time. I've been at it for a while. I've done a few more episodes than most. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think coming up to 10, 10 years now. So I just recorded today episode 657, just for example. So wow. Yeah, you're aware of it. <laughs> I'm still no good at it, but I'll, I'll keep going. Oh, come on. <laughs> In fact, after looking at your podcast today, I, I almost thought um, I should just give up. It was oh, too good. Do me a favor. So, Dude. And I'm wondering, do you, do you still do a rap before your episode? Oh, yeah, I know, right? I stopped doing that. I did it for a while, and then I, I don't know, I just stopped doing it because I was like, I just got so busy, and then that just was one of the first things to just go. In terms it of wasn't just popular? Time. Oh, it was. People, yeah, people loved it, but... Huh. I mean, I made you a little rap. You did? Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I don't have a backbeat. You, if you do the backbeat, I could probably do the rap thing for you. Oh, God, I don't know if I could backbeat. Crap. Give it a shot. Yep. Want to be on a podcast, make your name last... Daniel Geffen is going to get him. The world will pay attention. He's got connections to get more mentions. His skill is real. He knows the deal. When it comes to getting guests, Daniel does it better than the rest. Today's guest rhymes with Franco. Let's hear from Mr. Shramko. I, heard, I saw one of your guests. He researches people for six hours, so I thought oh I could surely God. I could do six minutes. God, that was hilarious. Oh, man. We're not editing any of that. Just leaving it as... <laughs> seriously, just going to leave it as... I think you have as. a pretty sick backbeat. I don't think you'll have any trouble with the royalties on that one. <laughs> so, yeah, books one way. Uh, speaking, yeah. maybe. I do, like, two or three speaking opportunities each year. I, I used to speak a lot more, like, 10 years ago. And Wait, I was so good at it. backtrack a second. Right. I want to I grab this for a second. So book, podcast, you do some speaking gigs. Okay, but social media, can we go there for a second? Sure. I, I always thought putting out content every day organically, like all these people on Facebook and LinkedIn, that's a good way to get people into the funnel, right? Mm-hmm. But it's become very watered down recently. I don't know if you've noticed this or maybe you haven't because you, you say you're not really on social. Um well, no, we, we, we put a lot of stuff on social. I think we publish two videos a day on social. Oh, okay. Does and that I'm get... putting more effort into Instagram, but by effort, I mean that that's micro effort by most people's right. standards. I'll tell you what, like what I'm not going to do is turn on my live and be some, <laughs> you know, bro- live, live streaming, you know, salesman all day. I'm not, that's not <laughs> what I'm going to do. Right, because right. Because I don't I get that. it. What's the point? Where's your life gone now? You've just basically switched on to always public. So I'm I'm quite mm-hmm. introverted and relatively private, right? Mm-hmm. But I do produce a lot of content. I think we've done 300 videos since last April. And how do you do so your we videos? Went, do you just pull out your iPhone or your Android and just do a quick, hey, it's James again, just want to talk about blah, blah, blah. Well, how do you do your videos? Yeah, but with a much more upbeat tone than that. That sounds a bit <laughs> drab. Hey guys, it's James Shramko here. No, 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 not cheesy broadcast level. Like, have you ever had that with a podcast guest? Like, you're chatting to them before the the recording, and then you switch the recording on, and then someone else is there. Like, who's this guy? (laughs) They're like chatting like normal, and then the thing's on. Hi, welcome. (laughs) It's like, what? 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm always the same person, but yeah, right. I do use just an iPhone, no external mic. I do have a little tripod that I stick it in a, a Manfrotto clamp and it's got mm-hmm. a little LED, LED light that just takes the black circles away from your face so you don't look like a Skeletor. <laughs> right. And and I'll just, I'll, I'll use a little formula I call T-E-A-T. It's mm-hmm. like I'll introduce the topic, I'll explain the topic and then I'll answer it. Um, and I just do lots of little micro contents like that. And as soon as I'm finished, I upload that to Drive. So it arrives in my team's Drive folder that's called Needs Editing. Okay. And they take over. Um, last week when I ran my event, I was using an app on my phone called Spark. And it allows me to make little mini documentaries and then export that as an Instagram TV or stories. And again, I put that into Drive. My team distributes that. In, in fact, anything I put into Drive, they'll just take it and put it wherever it needs to go. They're like whether ants. It's a podcast you just like throw a crumb a on the floor and they just start taking it from where like, that's inc- <laughs> I mean, not anything, to compare. Like, p- right. Anything I put into that folder, they'll, they'll process through their machine. They have everything's documented and... And a well-oiled machine. I mean, they're, okay, they're but producing you surely... two, epi- two episodes a week for the podcast. We used to do one a day when I had five podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, but then I wore out all my co-hosts. Right. I'm sure. <laughs> they, don't have, they didn't have the same spare time. I, I've got an abundance of time, and they, they don't. So surely you trained and you built processes for your team to be able to go and just grab whatever content you throw in and do what needs yeah, to be done. Yeah, absolutely. So in the beginning, I did all my videos. So in the beginning, so if you went back like eight years ago, I was doing yeah. a lot of a lot of videos back then, but it was much harder. So it was, I'd, I'd have an idea, I'd write it down. Well, let's take me as an ex- let's take me as an example, James. Okay, once we finish recording this, okay, I'm going to go me, uh, and there's no editing. I, I leave it raw. Because um, usually my guests are high caliber like yourself, so you know they're good, good to go. Um, and I don't believe in the whole taking out the ums and ahs. It's like, come on, retarded. Who needs? No one cares. So I leave it as is. But I add the intro in, I add the outro in, and I take a little <clears throat> like slice of the show to put it before, so that people can get a little teaser. And then I put in, um, I just a- adjust the volume levels, um, and that's the easy part. Then I hit, you know, um, go, whatever, publish. But then I've got to upload it to the website. And then I've got to add some show notes. I've got to do the ID3 tagging. Uh, sorry if I'm boring you here. But then I've got no, to do so the... I, I, the list sounds familiar. So then I've got to do the I image. All that stuff. Right. But I'm, I'm, I'm still doing it. And I'm actually... Why this is you? the most... Right. Because I'm, well, I'm frustrated. This... I'll tell you why I do it. Because I can't I, I trust... I guess. There's only two reasons usually. Go on. <laughs> yeah, go on. One is you haven't figured out how to get the person to do it or you don't believe it's even possible, right? Correct. So that, that's the person related. The other is you, you could find someone to do it or you do believe it's possible. You just don't um, you don't actually make enough from the podcast to afford the person to do it. So that's a common one. I'm not saying in your case that wouldn't be the case because you have a very clever business model of sponsoring your own show, which is exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. And you do have a service that I imagine makes you some money. Yeah. So it can only really be the, the team-related one. I just don't trust that someone's going to come up with the right image and the title and there's just so many things that that I put in my you know 
that I can't trust someone or I don't believe someone else will be able to do. And so I'm stuck doing it and I hate doing it because it's technical and I hate doing technical stuff. Yeah, see, here's the thing, Daniel. I don't even listen to my own podcasts after I've hit end. Nothing's yeah. going to happen. In fact, even after this podcast, do you know what I'm <laughs> going to do? Go to sleep. I'm going to <laughs> – well, of course I will, but yeah. I will drag my copy of this podcast from my side of the conversation uh-huh. into Drive and I'll ask my VA to just get it transcribed. She'll use Otter. It's free. Otter dot whatever it is. Dot, otter, otter dot io. How do you, how do you spell something it? Something like that. Otter. O-T-T-E-R. Sorry for the accent. Yeah, no problem. And it will it'll turn into text. And then I'll ask you to just look for some bullet points because I think what we talked about today had some really great topics and it's yeah. something I could leverage into little videos. So she'll send me back a little text transcript. Now I've got a choice then. I can either read those bullets back as a podcast episode on my own show with no guest. Mm-hmm. If, I, if, we, if we went down a particular topic, like I could attack this right. What's a good funnel and why is the word funnel a ridiculous load of nonsense in the first place? Like that could be a podcast episode. Or I could make 10 little videos around the various topics we've talked about from team to funnels, et cetera. Correct, right. And then put them back into drivers, new, you know, rich media. But it was inspired from this. So that, that will happen. So I used to do all the things you said. I used to script the stuff. I used to record it. I used to edit it. And I used to upload it and tag it and process it and put it on my blog and pick keywords and load it to Amazon and yep. publish it and syndicate it and social media. Like, <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. You get someone else to do it and you say, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to show you how to do it. You use the I, we, you method. I'm going to do it. You watch me. Now we do it together and now you do it. Okay? And then the first few times they do it, then you can lift the bar on them. You can say it's close. Where it's falling short from the standard is here, and you lift the bar up again. And then occasionally you audit or sample it. Like they do in a car manufacturing, they take a car off the production line and then they test out all the the gaps and the tolerances and see that it's correct. And then they get a, it's approved or else they say, hang on, stop, stop the production line. We've got a problem here. The gap between the bonnet and the fender is too much of a variance. We need to retool this machine. Okay. So just like that, like Toyota did with the five Ys. Wait, that's called it's the IU. Wait, the IU we. What was it? The IU we. <laughs> it's the I we yeah. you. Oh, the I we. <laughs> the I we you method. Yeah, so okay. I literally sat down with my team member in the Philippines with my laptop, with my editing software, and I said, "This is what I do." And I okay, but hold I on a second, it. James. Sorry, but you're talking about outsourcing a technical part, which is easy. I, I agree. Getting someone yeah, all that to stuff fine, no, but one second. What about the creative side? So coming okay, up with so a this, great title, coming up with a catchy so title. I write the title for my episode. Here's a tip: when you put mm-hmm. the media into Drive mm-hmm. or Dropbox, whatever you use, Drive. Yeah, I name the folder what I want that episode to be. And that's it. Okay, but what about, okay, so what about when you're posting it to social, you want to have like a nice teaser, you want to have some good copy, like, you know, this is yeah, why so you they, should listen. So they, they um, so we, in our Slack, we have a channel called For Approval. That's uh-huh. our production line, it's our conveyor belt. So imagine okay. you're sitting there in your little office, and along the conveyor belt in front of your window is what the team are planning to pr- produce and, and publish. But you say, hang on a minute, 
Not so sure I love that headline. Uh, we wouldn't say it like that, though, because that would be a bad boss. Oh, what we okay, might go say on, give is, me a better, yeah. Hey, there's a few ways we might be able to approach this headline that could give it even more a compelling kick, you know, might compel people to click on it. Let's have a look at a couple of other ways. Uh, for example, blah, blah, blah. So in my drive right now, I can see there's a, a bunch of episodes, probably 10 or 12 podcast episodes that I've loaded that my team are going to go through and publish. Every single episode is numbered and named exactly how it will appear on my blog. Um, in terms of when they're ready to publish, they go to the for approval channel and they post in the for approval channel. They put the headline, which is the number and the, the name, exactly how I put it in the thing. They put the bullets yep. with the timelines, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so we did an episode around gut health and because mm -hmm. we're a business blog. So, of course, we're going to have gut health. <laughs> and um, so you've got the timeline, you know, from health food store to going online. Yep. Uh, should everyone be doing this? How accurate is microbiome testing? Who is this oh, option you had available Naveen, to? You had Naveen Jain on your show. Wonderful. Yeah, he's great. I love him. Who's that? Oh, is that... You didn't have Naveen Jain? Um, no, I had Amanda Ledwith for that topic, but... Oh, okay. About for oh, gut health? I'll introduce it. He's a billionaire who is... It has a company called Viome. It's all about the gut. Anyway. Um, yeah, well, it's a huge topic. I'm telling you, like... There's four things that are on every episode lately. It's like, yeah. um, gut health, sleep, meditation, yeah. and uh, there's one other that keeps popping Cannabis. up. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, that is popular in the States, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little bit hard yeah. in Australia. I think it's still probably outlawed. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're like the big... I've, re I've decided to replace the old typical four, which is why I reject most podcast guests. Like... If it mm. involves a park bench, a car crash, or they're <laughs> bankrupt, then it's automatically I'm not interested. Oh, wow. Okay. My God, that's boring. And I don't <laughs> want to learn from a bankrupt. And uh, it's, it's, it's just so cheesy and oh, vomit-inducing wow. to hear about these rags-to-riches <laughs> stories on an ongoing basis. So I hear that. It's an automatic no. Okay. In fact, I don't generally don't want the people who want to be on a podcast at all. Mm, <laughs> interesting. The highest yeah. converting episodes I have are case studies of my actual customers. Yes. Transformation stories. Real people getting real results because it's legit. It's interesting. It's um, relatable. Mm -hmm. We can relate to that person much more than we can. To, like everyone's already heard Richard Branson or whatever. Right. Let's. You would the, turn him down. You know, I no, you wouldn't. I Come on, James. Probably no, wouldn't, but I wouldn't no. assume either. I'd, <laughs> right. I'm not likely to be in a situation where he would turn me down because I wouldn't ask him in the first place. Right. I hear that. If I want to go sense. back to the sale. Uh, yeah, I, 100%. And I want to go back to the, your sales funnel for a second because that's fascinating. So you don't typically have a real sales funnel, right? Because right now, you know, if you <laughs> scroll down my Facebook feed, you're going to basically see a whole bunch of like. How to market, how to do face, how to do funnels, how to you know create cheat sheets, all this stuff. You just you you don't do any of that. So uh, well, look, you know, every episode we transcribe, but also a lot of them have cheat sheets or guides. Okay. And I think right now, actually, I saw my AdWords guy, my my Facebook guy, 
mm-hmm. is I think he's actually running some traffic to some of the podcasts that I did with guests who came and spoke at my event. So what would happen in that case is someone would see a podcast with Molly Pittman. Yeah. They would click on that. They would go to the post. They'd be interested in downloading the summary my team have made, which is not probably not just a transcription. It might be more um, tips for Facebook advertising. I'm just guessing. I haven't looked at it. Yeah. And once they opt in, then they'll be offered my coaching membership. How much is that, let's say, for example? Today, it's uh, – well, it depends on – there's two levels. Well, there's actually three. There's one that's not really advertised. Uh, so someone could choose from – and and my my homepage will sort them into which offer is correct for them. So oh, like, okay. forget the word funnel exists. Like throw it out the window. It's a com- it's a joke that that really? whole phase. To think okay. of what is the easiest way to get someone to the right product or solution right now. So I think of more of a chocolate wheel. So I ask them two questions on my homepage that a helps sort them wheel? into. Yeah, like a you know like the <laughs> wheel of fortune, right? It spins okay. around. Yeah. Like, okay. So I have some two questions that helps me ar- them arrive at the right destination, like a choose your own adventure. Oh, okay. It's like the first question is what's their biggest challenge right now? And then the second question is where's their sort of level of business at? Mm-hmm. And based on the answer to that one, they'll arrive at the correct offer for them. So they'll only see one offer, but it'll be the right one for them. Or if they're not ready yet, they won't be offered anything because you shouldn't try and sell someone where you can't solve their problem. Correct, you're right. It's a novel idea. Yeah, it uh, is. So, <laughs> so uh, what's your biggest your challenge? What's your biggest challenge right now? Is the first question, and then the second question is something around profit level or income level. Okay, yeah, your income level, right? How much? Well, you can't really. Can you outright say what's your income? People kind of get a bit defensive on that. Um, you know, I have to go and have a look and see what it says. Um, Let's have a look. I'm going to follow my own website here. It's a while since I looked at this. Okay. Which profit zone are you in right now? And it's not quite $10,000 a year. So those people will not see my sales offer. Somewhere between $10,000 to $500,000 a year. So those people, which is the largest cohort, they will see my super fast business coaching offer, which is a couple of thousand dollars a year for coaching mm-hmm. and more than $500,000 a year, then they'll see my silver circle program, which mm-hmm. is $3,000 a month. So you're not doing any one-on-ones. You're just doing basically high level group coaching. And then there's a one-to-one element of both mm-hmm. of them. Uh, in my super fast business coaching, I still have a private discussion thread option for people so okay. that they can talk to just me and share their problem and no one else can see it. And in Silver Circle, I have one-on-one onboarding diagnostic and regular tune-ups as well as a group component. But I don't outright sell my time for dollars in like an hourly rate and no one can hire me just a one-on-one consulting type thing because it's very job-like and it's not Mm -hmm. very leveraged. In fact, I'll go so far as to say they're really missing out if they just do one-to-one coaching because the other 35 or 36 people in Silver Circle are ballers, you know, Mm. like they're top tier yeah. high level amazing people who you would want to meet I mean, right. like the best in the world at youtube ads the best in the world at social media and so on and are you communicating through slack with them as well or how are you doing are you doing like a once no. a week conference call yes we have for silver circle we have 
two calls a week, so we catch the different time zones for the group, and yep. I have individual calls, so which might be on Skype or so you Skype, Zoom, Messenger, Telephone, uh, <laughs> Carrier Pigeon, or I meet them in a the coffee shop if they're passing by. Like Tom <laughs> Breeze was in town the other day. From He went from the UK to Sydney to Fiji, back to Sydney, uh-huh. and he said, do you want to catch up for coffee? I said, sure. So you, whatever works. That's so funny. Do you know how long it takes for someone to stumble upon your content to then actually hire you? Do you know the time that it usually takes? Or Yeah, the the it's very hard to get that data so i use wicked reports and it, there's a lot of discussion around attribution I, i've had some people take nine years from when they start listening to me what? to buy oh my uh, and then i've had uh, people will be they'll listen to this podcast and go straight away and buy coaching today so the average time is still uh, uh under 30 days 15, wow. 15 to 30 days i think is the highest segment um, it used to be 30 to 60 because i had a waiting list in place and an automated opening closing so to loop back and finally answer the earlier question you ask if i'm doing the sales or my team are doing the sales my machine does the sales so my my team will assist sales from the support desk but not via phone via support desk my machine takes care of sales with automation and segmentation. So from the time someone goes from my book or a podcast or a micro video on social media or they see me present and they hit my site, they get presented an email offer, they will be segmented and followed up. They'll, they'll get 10 emails over 60 days if they visit my sales page and don't buy. And that will do most of the selling for me. And a lot of that will push them back to me. And I might personally answer the email. If it is a silver circle situation, then it's only me and it's only on the phone. And if they've got to that point after knowing the price and they're a good fit, it's almost always a yes from me. And I'm only having a couple of those conversations, you know, maybe one a week, something like that. It's, one a week. it's not okay. overly frequent. And so, but I'm most not of your. Most of your clients or potential clients are basically getting some sort of form of content that you're producing daily, right? Um, they're then getting an email. Once they've come to your website, they're getting an email. They're getting 10 emails over 60 days. Did you write the copy of the, for those emails or did your, did your team in the Philippines write that? Uh, I wrote the copy for those emails. My team wrote some of the sales page mm-hmm. and... They write all the blog posts and the download content, the materials, the cheat sheets, the tweetables, wow. the the illustrations. They do all of that stuff. So my my bit is to do the core piece of content, and their bit is to magnify and leverage it and automate it. So they set up all the autoresponders. So if, if I do write the stuff, I'll write it in a Google document and then share mm-hmm. it with my webmaster and she'll load it up to entreport and set the sequences and do all the tagging and the segments and all that stuff and to go back to your initial concern yeah you'd have to think in the whole wide world that there'd be someone who could make um, reasonable choices for which piece of content and then you'd have to think about what's the opportunity cost of you just hating what you do versus doing something you love even if it was only 85 percent as good as what you can do so true I often don't listen to my podcasts or see which part they chose as the leader. Usually someone will tell me if there's a mistake or there's something not quite right. 
and occasionally I'll listen to my own podcast if uh, I've got a reason to, if I want to just remember the topic or I'm driving somewhere, which is very rare. I don't travel very much. Yeah. And I listen to it. I might think, oh, the sound quality is not quite as good as it should be. Maybe we've over-processed that or whatever, and I'll just ask them to redo it. And, of course, here's the thing. Like um, Bezos says, this this is not a one-way door. Like if you load the podcast or the blog post and it's not absolutely perfect the way you'd want it, mm-hmm. change it and then yeah. overwrite it. Like you just re-upload yeah. it or change the post. Like we often – when I come back from my event, I'll have a look at the for approval discussion and I can see, okay, uh, one of these tweets doesn't really make sense. I might just ask them to change that or the quotes are all right, but I don't really want to be associated with that quote or I think this quote might actually belong to someone else or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, well, the call to action's okay, but probably for this episode with this guest, we could promote uh, something else or whatever. So there's always mm-hmm. a call to action on every single uh, email that we send announcing the podcast being Is published. Is that the only way that you do? You don't use any paid ads or anything to to publish. I mean, to promote. Occasionally we do. Like I've been fattening up my pixel, and I've got a very <laughs> healthy pixel, uh-huh. and building a huge audience. So in the last year since we've published these 300 videos, I'm getting <laughs> extra tens of thousands of views each wow. month. So when we do have a campaign, uh, so for example, in December, I <laughs> lashed out. I mean, I went absolutely crazy. <laughs> I spent $5,000 on Facebook ads and we made $105,000 in sales. Wow, from it. that's incredible. So the return on investment was off yeah. its face because I've wow. got you know, I've got this big fat vine ready to harvest. And who uh, runs your so Facebook ad? Advertise. Another person in the Philippines? No, this uh, my friend Lenny in Puerto Rico is a member of my Superfast Business Forum. Okay. He used to work for a Silver Circle member of mine many years ago, and he took an interest to me and and appreciates my advice to him for his little agency, and I send him referrals. Can and I get he a just referral because my- I'm actually looking for a Facebook ads <laughs> expert. So yeah. Okay. You and most of the planet. Yeah, I'm happy to introduce you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, he's a small operator and he's kind of quirky, which I like. You know, like Mm -hmm. if you think of cars, he's kind of more like a Peugeot or a Citroën (laughs) versus, you know, your everyday Toyota or whatever. So he comes up with some weird angles. I sent him along to one of my other clients' Facebook advertising course. It was like a $5,000 workshop. I sent him over to the States for that. So... Mm -hmm. I kind of look after him, if you know what I mean. But yeah. he's he's very kind to me too. He's he just potters away on my account. We treat it more like a hobby. It's it's not my desire to have the world's you know most optimized greatest business. I just want to have a really great life. I just want to surf every day. Actually, look after my family and work with fantastic customers. So Lenny's a key player in our team from that side but we we turn ads on and off around campaigns so mm-hmm. right now we're promoting these podcasts because they lead to people to the event content that we've made so i put up a couple little documentaries from the event and those are generating sales for my membership where people can get the recordings so it makes sense to run a campaign i love it wow so everything everything that you've done is literally just in a system that just runs smoothly and allows you to live a lifestyle that you that you want that's incredible yeah it's like it's like a jungle ecosystem where everything sort of works with each other and it's not overly systemized and structured right it's just organic yeah. 
And I love that you've got a very small team and you don't need a massive team. You don't need offices. You don't need anything. You just like literally you're just, you know, you can you can have a 95 percent profit margin with a business like mine. It's insane. Wow. It's incredible. It really is. Well, I mean, I could literally talk to you for another hour, uh, James, like easily. Um, but I'm mindful of the fact that it's now probably midnight your time. Um, <laughs> Well, so I don't have another, don't have another obligation until my morning surf. But <laughs> it's it's all good. It's been lovely to chat, and I hope you yeah. enjoyed our rap. No, I I think it was I think it was wonderful. I think that Eminem is in big trouble, um, <laughs> and he's going to have to get himself a job, some doing something else. Um, I feel like I've left so much on the table here because there's just so much more to talk about. We might have to do another round um, if the audience wants you back which i'm sure they will um so what's the best way that they can uh i guess you don't have a funnel so they can't get into your funnel uh but where should they go to find out more about what you're doing and if they want to hire you yeah so look superfastbusiness.com is a good starting point because that will guide you to the various options available whether it's the book or the podcast or either of the coaching things or you know you could go old school and you could just send me an email or something say hey i heard you on the podcast mm -hmm. here's what's happening with me what do you suggest i mean i still answer my own emails because i think it's important to have personal connection it's what's missing with all those bots and machines and automations yeah. and evergreen blah blah blahs i mean i don't know how that all happened but it's not going to last yeah it, it's gonna there'll be a big pull back to real humans again so yeah it's people just you, send me an email it's interesting you say that because you were talking about earlier at the beginning about how you you, you know you don't want to be tied to your social media feed and but no. if you're answering well, i don't every, want to spend all day sitting on facebook correct but then if you're in the email and you're getting tons of email every day and you're answering every single one of them personally doesn't that also tie you to the it's not like thousands of people are emailing me every day you know because right. they've got nothing else to do <laughs> They're busy watching Facebook. <laughs> That's so true. They're I, busy I don't mind checking my email like for half an hour and responding to a, a live human who wants to join a program or has mm -hmm. genuinely got questions. Like I don't do free coaching there. It won't take long until I recommend a solution, and that's where we'll finish, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, it's it's not like I'm a blogger and I love typing. In fact, I don't yeah. usually type. I usually dictate. Anyway, <laughs> it's how I lean towards podcasting but you know that's that's the thing i remember going in a, a car once with a friend of mine who was a real estate agent and back then i was a debt collector and my job for a living was to phone people up and ask them for money and no one answered the phone at all right they always always went to voice machine or you got someone else like it's amazing when you're debt collecting people don't answer their own phone yeah and my real estate agent the phone rings and he picks it up and i'm like wow that's Amazing, you actually answer your phone. He yeah. goes, why wouldn't I answer my phone? People are trying to give me money. Right. And I was like, okay, I wonder why everyone sends out emails saying, you know, uh, don't reply to this email. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, I've had big companies where they sent out something and they've, like, instead of my name, like, hi, James, they're like, hey, Fred. And I'm like, cool, <laughs> you know, I think they might have a mail merge problem here. I'll reply back. Hey, you might want to check your record. I get the right. reply back. This is not manned by a human. You need to go to here and fill out a, it's like a, a capture box. And then now I have to start identifying which 
pixel has a street sign in it. I'm like, screw that. You guys can suffer with your incompetence because you've just made it too hard for me to connect with you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I still answer email for now. I love it. Wow. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and digest everything. And, and this, this might be actually a very pivotal moment for me because um, I'm really like, I'm like in the position right now where things are going well in the business, but it's just not scaling as fast as I want it to because I'm holding on too tightly. I'm just too scared to let things go and like just delegate and the whole like, you know, just outsourcing to virtual teams and and, building a virtual team. Um, You know, I feel like we just get in our own way a lot of the time, right? Because it's also... Think about Tarzan, you know, if he wants to get from one end of the jungle to the other. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to let go of the vine at some point. Right. That's true. I do. And he only grabs, you know, he grabs pretty tight to the next vine. Mm -hmm. If you've got a good grip on the next vine, then let go of the one you're on now. Like, this is the this is a growth transition. This is an opportunity for you. Um, this is this is the sort of scary part of growing a business and scaling mm-hmm. is you'll have to do some things that scare you. In the same way, I took up surfing and it scares the crap out of me from time to time when it's big mm-hmm. or it's beyond you know right on the edge of my ability. And you know you just conservatively take you know factored risks and then you get the big payoff it's exhilarating when it works do you ever feel guilty though that you're making so much money doing very little and there's people working not in the slightest i've worked very hard in my early part of my career to 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 learn you know i've got three thousand books trying to crack bookshelves behind me here (laughs) that i've read i've put in the time i've 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 done the work and uh I've created value in my knowledge and I don't feel guilty when people pay me because frankly, if I can take someone from a million dollars to $10 million a year Mm -hmm. and it only costs them tens of thousands of dollars, I think that's a bargain for them and um, absolutely zero guilt whatsoever. I think uh, the the money is just a byproduct of value exchanged. In fact, the money, it's funny, doesn't even have emotion. It's just, it's just an idea or a concept and it's truly abundant. Like it's absolutely everywhere. So you just got to tap into it by helping people, genuinely helping people. Like you'll be flooded with it. It's when you don't need the money, you'll have the most of it. And it's the same with time. When you don't, when you don't need the time, you'll have an abundance of it. It's, It's just so crazy. Like for me, I've just realized how slow life actually moves. <laughs> it's so true. I hear you. James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate it. It was, it was incredible. Um, and I'm sure that people listening to this, I mean, put it this way, if you don't go and, and check out, you know, um, Superfast Business, superfastbusiness.com, and you don't get into the, you know, the blogs, the free stuff that's on there, um, you're you're crazy like because this 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 is the thing is is that you could follow everybody else and kind of try to you know fit into the mold and everybody's saying you've got to have it like this it's got to be done like that but the end of the day you know james you're like the perfect example of someone that kind of said no i i don't i don't want to do this i don't want to fit into this mold and what 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 amazes me is that people say oh yeah i left my job and i became an entrepreneur no you didn't you left your job and you just built yourself another job that's all you did 
you're not free you're stressed as hell you don't have any time for anybody you're constantly running and chasing people for money how is that not like worse than than a job at least with a job you could switch off you know um this is amazing it's yeah, fascinating. They just left the they left the job to get a worse boss you have yeah. to make at least three times as much if you're going to quit your job for it to be worth it so i tell people like keep your job uh until you're making a lot more to justify the move I actually covered that in chapter nine of my book. I talk about no compromise, and I really do believe that compromise is optional, and and that's yeah. where people people are taking on compromises they don't need. Yeah, if you don't if you don't want to do it the way everyone else is doing it, there's certainly alternative ways. And remember, any one person's system or uh, is going to contain some kind of bias. You know, if, you are, if you're talking to Russell Brunson, then he's biased towards funnels because he's got a software tool that he mm-hmm. would like to sell that does that. So that's his methodology. I've done really well with uh, memberships and revenue shares and podcasts. And, you know, so I, I quite like leaning into those sort of areas. Mm-hmm. But there will be hard work and there will be different ways to do stuff. So just keep that in mind. Uh, yeah, I hope, hope there's something useful. There also is a, there's a free resource yeah. at jamesramco.com, which is a workbook. It's a companion workbook that goes with my book. You can get it without even opting in. Uh, and I don't know, I don't think we even retarget that. So it's safe to go there. It's safe. Uh, but if you, were to f- if you were to fill out that workbook, yeah, then that would get you a long way down the track. It'd probably get you off editing your own podcast. Mm-hmm. At the very least, you should should have them do the first bit, and you just you do the writing. But you could actually hire a copywriter okay, to that's tune it, all your episodes. This is the last episode that Daniel Geffen produces. <laughs> so not go. produces Woo. edits. That's it. I'm making. So I'm, I'm I'm making a commitment. I'm going to download your, your last workbook. edit. My first rap. Probably yes. my last rap. It's a breakthrough. <laughs> this is a breakthrough session. Breakthrough session. James, thank you so much for letting me pick your wonderful brain. And uh, thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening brain. to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.